nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank you all so very much for being here this morning, bright and early, rising up with your rise up coffee and maybe your rise up rapture ready hats and shirts, but definitely with a full Holy Spirit and a heart ready for the message of God today. This is episode number 282 already, Eli. We are literally coming up on 300 episodes of Rise Up in just over a year. And look at where we have, look at the journey. You know, I have not gone back and watched. I think maybe I've gone back and watched maybe two episodes of Rise Up. And it's not because I don't want to or because I don't want to, you know, visually see the growth that we've had. Um, It's just that I don't have really a lot of time. But I definitely urge you, you go back and you look at the titles of the shows. A lot of them have really good messages and they'll they'll live forever, you know, like the Bible. So long after I'm dead and gone, my kids and some of you and your kids will be able to watch Rise Up. That's the cool thing about it. It's forever. By the way, we have a birthday today, fun mom's birthday, Eli. So let's sing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear fun mom. I bet you were or are. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Got that rapture ready pants on this morning, says Jump Off. That's amazing. Just Patriot says the ads are driving me nuts as I have to go back out of each show to see the chat. So double ads. Um, yeah, you know, the commercials, I think you could skip them after five seconds. And uh, without them, Rumble isn't going to be able to survive because they're getting attacked by the SEC, the FCC, and world government. So I get it. But it's a small price to pay to have a platform where we can preach Jesus without having to worry about being censored we can preach the truth on the news shows without having to worry about being censored um so yeah i need to sell a compilation of rise ups i don't think i would ever do that i'd give it away for free for anybody who wanted it like if i put them all on one like you know disc or sent it to you in a link uh but yeah that would be cool wouldn't it almost like a a digital book of messages instead of your daily devotional book you'd have a daily devotional uh link to go to for that day and we could put it you know the date that we did it, January 1, February 7th, you know, whatever it is. That's a good idea. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Um, it's good. Wow, we already have over 1,000 people watching, so that's great. The message today is, what is belief? I think a lot of us have a good idea what belief is, but I want to really dig into it because the Bible talks about belief just as much as, if not more, than it talks about do not fear. So if the Bible is talking about belief and what it is to believe and what happens as a result of belief, I think it's a very important topic to dive into and find out exactly what belief is and what belief means. Because belief in Greek and belief in Hebrew means something entirely different than the way you and I look at the word believe. So we're going to break that down today. We're going to talk a few verses surrounding the word belief. 
And I've already noticed that when we talk about a topic, like when I say, like if the topic of the show is fear or belief or action or works, I think the coolest thing is when people put Bible verses pertaining to that topic in the chat because it allows the, uh, the audience to see that there is an array of different verses that surround that topic that I think is great that we kind of, you know, compare and contrast uh, different books in the Bible that talk about it. And like what the comparisons of what these two people were trying to convey to the reader about the word belief. So it's really nice to be able to see so many God-fearing people in the chat engaging in and helping when it comes out to these verses. So here's what I want to do. We are 12 minutes past the hour. The first thing that I would like to do um, hold on. I'm trying and trying to get to the show, but the ads will not leave. I'm about ready to stop watching altogether. I'm getting fr- so frustrated. I don't understand what that means. Ads just can't keep going. We don't run the ads. Rumble does. There's no way that you're getting ad after ad after ad after ad after ad without getting into the show. And if there is, definitely uh, email support at rumble.com. Okay, support at rumble. Dot com. Bad Moon says on the ad, wait five seconds, hit skip, do it twice, it'll take you to the show. That's what I thought. Should be pretty easy. But again, if for some reason your computer is acting up or your connection with Rumble is acting up, then please support at rumble.com. Support at rumble.com. Arthur Nettler says, I was just contacted by my first wife's brother, Vince. I'd not heard from him. Since March of 1975, he saw me here on LFA TV on Kevin Smith's chat. That is a wow. That sure is a wow. And it also lets you know that God is moving and LFA TV is growing. Right? That's incredible. Wow. Okay. Here we go. Belief. I want to read the description of today's show and then we'll get to prayer. What is belief and how do you know If you truly believe in something, believing in something is something that every one of you is familiar with. Do you believe in abortion? Do you believe in karma? Do you believe in the law? Do you believe in democracy? Do you believe in God? What does it mean if you answer yes to any of those? Let's talk about it today. Please rumble this video and help me share the gospel, not gossip. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to be with us, guiding us like a godly GPS, God's protective services through this message so that each one of us can get the answer that we're looking for today, okay? In the name of Jesus, Lord and Heavenly Father, we come in prayer to you today, humbly asking you for the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding of the correct description and definition of the word believe. What we believe in, Lord, is far more than thinking it exists or doesn't exist. And today we ask that you bring us through the correct Bible verses 
guide us through the correct messages in the 66 books of the Bible to help us understand what it truly means to believe in something. So many people believe so many different things. But again, we think of belief as something very different than the Hebrew or Greek definition of that word. So today, we ask that you help us understand from you, from the way you want us to understand what it means to believe and what that means for our daily lives. Lord, we pray for those that are having a hard time believing that your promises are eternal, that your promises never that you never go back on your promises. So many people are believing right now or having a hard time believing in the promises that you've made to us because they don't see them coming to fruition. Now, if they don't see them coming to fruition, there must be something blocking it. We've got to get to the bottom of that, and we ask that you help us do that today. In the name of Yeshua, Emmanuel, Jesus of Nazareth, we thank you, Father. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, do you believe that Jesus is God, the Father? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit is the Son? Do you believe that God and the Holy Spirit are the same? Well, it's a very hard, it's not very hard, I guess. I guess you could answer it two ways, and you'd be right. Make you, let me draw something for you, if I, if I may. Can we see this? Let me put something behind this. Let me put another piece of paper behind this so you can see this. All right, what do I have here, ladies and gentlemen? What's this called? This is called a Venn diagram, okay? Something that you're all very familiar with, a Venn diagram. You probably learned this in school, correct? You have three circles, and in those three circles, you have God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. You see how they are all one, but they're all not the same. So no, the Holy Spirit is not God, and Jesus is is not God, but they are all part of the same being, which is God. And this is what humans have a hard time understanding. Yes, they are, and no, they are not. A part of them is all the same, but Jesus is not the Father, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father. However, they exist as the same in one. You see that? And God is all of them. So it's very, very difficult for people sometimes to understand. But there you go. That's a perfect representation of what the Holy Spirit is. You're off on that diagram, Bad Moon says. Okay. That's the truth, though. The Fen diagram is the best way to explain to somebody who doesn't believe there should be a triangle in the middle. Okay, I've seen that one, too. But this, is, this helps non-believers, Bad Moon. This isn't for advanced people like you, okay? So the answer is, yes, they are. 
And no, they're not. They're not exactly the same as the father. The father is the holy father. He is the top dog. But obviously, you've got the Holy Spirit and the Jesus that are part of God. And God lives with them, dwells with them, and they dwell with God. But, they, but the authority comes from the father. And it is like an eggshell. Team Renteria, uh, Renteria. That's exactly right. It is like an egg. It's like an egg. You've got the yolk, you've got the whites, and you've got the shell. It's all the same egg, but they all don't have the same exact function. So I think the best way to start is right there. Belief in the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God are all the same in one, but they're not exactly the same and have the same function. Just like we don't have, just like we are one body of Christ, but we all have a different function. Okay? God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's the, that's the hierarchy. That's how that goes. So he's, all, he's one and the same with all of them. He wants you to be one and the same with him. That's what God's message is here. When the famous John 3.16 was written for humans to read, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to die for our sins, folks, to die on that cross, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe. What does that mean? What does it mean? That's what we're going to get down to today. Belief in the way that you and I think of belief is by thinking that something is real or something exists. That is what Americans and most humans think the word believe is. That's why I asked, do you believe in abortion? Because we also tend to think that believe is agree with. So in today's world, if you ask somebody, do you believe in something? They're going to think, do I think that it's real? Do I think that it exists? And do I think that I agree with it? That is what people are going to say that they, if they believe in something. I believe in abortion. I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe in the law. I believe in, uh, you know... Polygamy. It's when you ask somebody if they believe in something today, they think that you're asking them if they agree with something that they think exists. That's believing up here. God doesn't want you to believe only up here. God wants you to believe here. And the difference between believing up here and believing here is action. is action. So when somebody believes up here, there's really no action behind it. And the only action that might be behind it is whether they agree or disagree with that, whatever that statement is. But when you believe in here, you, by default, it's like, it's not even, it's almost like it's not even a, a, a choice at that moment. I mean, everything's a choice, but 
You're compelled when you believe here. When you believe here, then there's action behind it. You're actually doing something behind it. That's why you see those activists out there, they truly believe that abortion should be, so they get off the couch and they go and they say, abortion should be legal, every baby should die. They believe in it. They're putting action behind it. And action isn't what saves you in Christianity. Your works don't save you. You're doing the works because you believe. You're not doing the works so you will believe. But real belief in the Greek and the Hebrew translation is that there's action that you're involved in, that you're doing something behind that thought of belief. So when we say, do you believe in Jesus? God sent his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you think that the only thing that you have to do is think that Jesus is real, think that he was the son of God, think that he was God manifest in the flesh, who died on a cross for all of us so that we could have communion back with the Father, if you merely think that, well, guess what? You're not going to heaven. Because Lucifer, in that case, believes in God. Demons, in that case, believe in Jesus. Look at Legion. You remember that... uh, Remember that that guy who was possessed by so many demons? They called themselves Legion. And he ran at Jesus like he was going to kill Jesus until he realized that Jesus was (laughs) who he was. Dropped to his knees. Oh, please don't hurt me. Please don't send me back to hell. Cast me into those pigs over there. So Jesus did it. Cast those demons out into into that swine who then jumped off the cliff. So even demons in the pit of hell, if you think about belief as in just knowing that he is, even they believe in Jesus, right? Muslims believe in Jesus. In the Quran, it will tell you that he was born of God miraculously in Miriam, and Miriam gave birth to a miraculous pregnancy of which was Jesus. It's the Muslims say Jesus is a prophet and they say prophets cannot lie. But then they go on and completely contradict themselves and say that Jesus did lie and that he's not who he says he was and that Muhammad's the last prophet. But even they believe that Jesus is of divine nature in some way, shape or form. So belief isn't merely the thought or the agreeance that somebody exists or something exists. It's what you do with that belief that really, really embodies the word belief. It means to follow. When Jesus says, believe in me, when John 3.16 said that whoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life? You think the demons and Lucifer 
are going to not perish and have beautiful everlasting life? No, but they believe in Jesus. They think he's real. It's the follow. It's the action of following Jesus. It's the action of going, I do not want to be the same person that I've always been. I want to be like Christ. So I am going to believe in my Lord and Savior. I am going to believe that what the Bible says that happened, happened. I am going to believe that he died for my sins. I am going to believe that he rose on the third day. I'm going to believe that what he told me is true, that I have the holy power inside of me, that I can cast out demons and heal. I am going to believe in the fact that he said you need to go to all corners of the world and spread the gospel to all of creation, not just humans, to all of creation. And I believe that if I do my best to be like him and not play the part of a hypocrite where I come on here and say, you guys should do this and you guys should do that. And then I turn this off and I immediately go and do what I told you to stay away from. That is not belief. When God says to live simple and that the meek shall inherit the earth, I believe that is real. Now, do I believe that you can't become wealthy? No. When Jesus said it is easier for the camel to pass through the head of a needle, or the eye of a needle, than it is for a rich man to go to heaven, do you think I believe that Jesus was saying that if you have money, like Donald Trump, then you can't make it to heaven? No. What I believe is that no matter what your financial or social status is, that in here you should be of God. That if you got money, then God should be able to trust you to do the right thing with that money. If you don't have money, then God should be able to trust you to act accordingly and not steal and covet other people's stuff. Everybody in here should believe And want to be like Christ. What would Christ do if he was in my shoes? That is what being a Christian and believing is. And then putting it into action. So belief isn't just thinking or agreeing with. It's thinking. It's agreeing with. It's knowing. And it is following. So let's kind of bring this full circle, shall we? Lately, in the last few episodes of Rise Up, we have talked about, exactly, W. Wilson, that is not really about money. It's about the love of the money. It's about the coveting of the cash, 100%. Man, I love W. Wilson. So let's bring this full circle. We talked about obedience. We talked about stepping out of your comfort zone, right? We talked about The I don't know prayer, looking in the mirror and saying, God, I don't know. And all of that, stepping out of your comfort zone, requires belief. Faith. Faith and belief. They go hand in hand, right? Because you believe, 
then you have the faith to walk by, not by, walk by faith, not by sight. Because you believe. So to step out of that comfort zone that we talked about, you have to believe and have the faith to walk by faith, not by sight, walk blindfolded, knowing that it's not you who controls the situation, it's God. All of that comes with belief. Admitting that you don't know, but he does, that is belief. That is by default saying, since I don't know, and you do, and since I believe in you, then I'm going to follow your guidance. I'm going to follow your way. That's real belief. And if you don't have the belief that is accompanied with following, changing, doing, even though it feels uncomfortable at that time because it's stranger to you, because it's foreign to you, you've never felt that feeling before, you've never made that decision before in this scenario, you've always relied on yourself because you can only count on yourself because everybody lets you down. Trust me, story of my life. Guess who doesn't let you down? Boom. That's why I believe and follow. Because if I don't follow, then I don't grow. And I come on here every day and I am a liar. And I don't want to be a liar. One thing I will never be is a liar. So when somebody comes to Jeremy and says, well, he said, she said, and they said, they said, them said, they said, and I say, that's not true. Then I'm telling you the truth. Because nobody, not a single person can ever, with facts or proof, accuse me of being a liar. It's one thing I am not, one thing I will never be. Belief. Rosebud said, Lord Jesus, today help me get my eyes off of me and pray nonstop for my LFA fam. That's, that's, that's powerful. We're going to go to the book of John, okay? We're going to go to the book of John, and I'm going to read. Let's see. First one I'm going to read from is John 6.28. John 6.28. Not 1 John, not 2 John, just John. So if you got your Bible, open it up. John 6.28 and 29 says this. Loizak, I have a real problem with liars too. I, I, I do. Like I'm telling you what, I do a lot. I've sinned a lot. Trust me, I do sin. But lying is now one of them. John 6, 28 and 29 says this. Then they said to him, what shall we do? That we may work the works of God. This is the disciples talking to Jesus. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. You think Jesus said, this is the work of God? To believe that I exist and I'm here. What's up, everybody? (laughs) Big J in the house. Where are my fellow carpenters at? Whoop, whoop. No, (laughs) that's not, that can't possibly be what Jesus is saying here. Because if that was the case, then every disciple right there was already doing the work of the works of God. Because he's clearly there, right? 
Jesus says, this is the work of God. That you believe in him whom he sent me. What does that mean? Follow and do what I'm telling you to do. And not only what I'm telling you to do, what I am showing you to do. Jesus says, I could show you a lot better than I could tell you. And he does that. Belief. You always see it on Christmas, right? You see everybody, they, 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 they decorate their homes. They put their tree up like we do. You know, they, they, they put all the, the, oh, come let us adore him and the, and the Jesus stuff. By the way, we leave that up in our house all year, the Jesus stuff. Come let us adore him, all the Christmas sayings around Jesus. Yeah, we leave that up all year. And we have in front of our TV in our living room, we have this, uh, this, this red wooden, uh, you know, little decorative piece that just says believe in cursive. And you probably get it at Walmart. I'm sure all you have it. And I look at that every year and I go, believe, right? Now you watch these Santa Claus movies and they go, a real believer believes in Santa and Santa exists if you really believe. And that's like what Christmas has become. But you really think about believe. You really think about it. And it kind of convicts you. The word convicts you. The word belief convicts you. Ruth says, how do I know when God is speaking to me? When it's, when you feel it in here, when you feel it in here, not when you hear it here, not when you know it up here, when you feel it in here. Let me give you an example. Let's say you have a, let's say that you're trying to make a decision. I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do here. You close your eyes and you go to a dark, or I mean a room all by yourself and you're alone with God and you say, God, I don't know what to do here. And God says, yeah, you do. Yeah, you, do. you just don't want to. You know it. You know it before you ask. You know the answer that God is going to give you before you ask the question. You ask the question to verify whether or not your control over it or your familiarity with that decision is the right one. And almost every single time before you even get the question out of your mouth, you know the answer. You feel it. In the depths of your guts, you feel it. That's God talking. When something is poking and prodding at you and saying, you got to do it, you got to do it, and you're ignoring it and you're pushing it off, that's God. That's God speaking. God doesn't speak up here or up here. God speaks all through here. You know when they say you got that gut feeling? Huh, wonder what that means. That's God. You know the answer before you finish asking the question. It happens every single time. So a lot of people just don't know how to hear God. That's how. Listen with your gut. Listen with your heart. Listen with your Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of your body. It's exactly right. Uh, since we're going to be talking about the book of John for a minute, I thought that I would read from understanding the 66 books of the Bible about John. By the way, thank you guys all very much. 1,710 people watching. I don't know how many rumbles we have, but if you've not liked the video yet, please click that thumbs up. Refresh and make sure that you've clicked that thumbs up. I know a lot of people don't want to refresh because they don't want to watch another commercial. That's okay. You don't have to do it. I'm saying for those who want to. The book of John. We have many friends, but only one or two are called best friends. That's true. If you're lucky, right, Eli? If you're lucky, you've got two best friends. 
those who are very special to us, whom we call even when we have nothing much to talk about. An acronym has seeped into our society to describe these special people. BFF, best friends forever. Without being irreverent, we can think of the Apostle John as our Lord's best friend. He was Jesus' bestie. Imagine saying that, Eli. Imagine saying, somebody said, who's your best friend? You're like, just Jesus. (laughs) How cool, right? Among his 12 disciples, Jesus chose three to be with him at critical moments. Peter, James, and John. The Rock, the half-brother, and the BFF. Right? Within that circle, John seemed to have a special relationship with Jesus. Five times in his gospel, he described himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Matthew, Mark, and Luke take a, biogra- a biographical approach to Jesus' life. John is more thematic and theological. He loved to show patterns in the Lord's ministry, such as the seven signs Jesus performed and his seven I am statements. The subject of life is a primary theme in John. Eternal life, abundant life, the bread of life, the water of life, the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, Lifelike. I appreciate the $20 donation. God bless you. We appreciate you. John's goal was to portray Christ as God who became flesh. To save those who believe in him. Quote, these things are written, he said, that you may believe that, the G- that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have his life in his name. Again, belief, believing, action, doing something, putting work behind your faith, not just words. We too can be disciples whom Jesus loves. If you're lonely, study John. Discover Jesus' abundant life. And realize that by grace, he is your BFF, your best friend forever. Key thought in John. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the Word. God himself, who became flesh, dwelled among us and gave himself for us. And that all who believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How about key verse? But these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And how about the key action? You must be born again. Like I was on the side of an interstate. Uh, a side of an interstate. Key prayer. God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. So that alluded to something. That alluded to something. That alluded to God manifesting himself in flesh. But what about when God was walking in the Garden of Eden? A voice can't walk. I mean, God can do anything he wants. But I want to go back, if I can, to that 
cartoon called Superbook. It's a, it's, a, it's a cartoon on the Christian Broadcast Network. It's also on Pure Flix. And it's a great cartoon for kids. I mean, an, I mean, it's a great cartoon for adults, too, to be honest with you. I love it. But Superbook, every time it shows God walking among the earth or, or, or on the earth among like Adam and Eve or, or in any other situation before Jesus came in the cartoon, it showed God as Jesus. And I, I, I always wondered, I'm like, why is it showing God like the same as Jesus? Like, I get why they're doing that, but I just thought, well, if they're showing, you know, Jesus walking with Adam and Eve, and it's the same Jesus that they show later in the cartoon that is Jesus, then that means that Jesus was walking on this earth before Jesus became flesh. That God was literally coming to earth when he did in the form of what we would eventually know in Nazareth many, many years later to be Jesus. So here's my, here's my question to you. Do you believe that Jesus walked in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve? Do you believe that God, who came to the Garden of Eden, came in the form of what we would know as Jesus when the babe was born in Bethlehem? That's the question. Do you believe that? Or do you believe that's just cartoon theatrics and say and, and, and just we don't have a visual representation of what God's going to look like, so we'll just use who we put up as Jesus later on? Well, let me give you a... Let me kind of give you a video and an explanation. We're staying in the book of John, but we're going to go all the way back to John 1. We're going to go all the way back to John 1. If you guys can open your Bibles back up to John, go to John 1. And John 1 says, Word became flesh. Okay? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, Jesus. So if all things were made through him, and he was with God in the beginning, and he was God because he was the word in the beginning, and all things that were made in his image were made through Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it stop right there i've got a video to show you here that i that i was taught i was basically mulling this same question over And God brought me to that verse, and then I saw this video this morning. This is going to blow your minds, okay? Uh, Yeah, that'll work. Let's get a little volume on this bad boy here, because the volume is off on that video, and pop it over and roll it. This is really, really great. 
Did you know that the Bible reveals that Jesus Christ was present in the Garden of Eden? After Adam and Eve fell into sin, they hid among the trees for fear of God's presence. It is important to understand why they felt that fear. The text in the book of Genesis 3 verse 8 reveals that they heard the voice of Jehovah God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now the intriguing question is, how can a voice walk? This is where the plot becomes fascinating. Watch what the book of John tells us in chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God, if we read in verse 14, we discover that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. John 1 verse 14. John is conveying to us that Christ existed long before the creation of the world. He simply decided to incarnate himself in human form on earth. So if the Word became flesh, it was Jesus Christ who walked in the Garden of Eden. If you want to learn more about the Bible, write, I want to, and follow me for more. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what I got goosebumps right now because I know something that you don't know. And that is what happened to me surrounding this. So I've always had that question ever since watching that Superbook thing. So this morning, as I'm doing my research and getting ready for Rise Up, God did not direct me to John 6 first. He directed me to John 1 first. This is where I was focused on this morning. And I'm reading John 1, and it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was the beginning with God. He was in the beginning with God. I've heard that a billion times. I've heard it a billion times. But that's where I was at this morning. But then I started talking about, then I started, you know, as I was doing my research, I came up to the word believe. And I started thinking about all the other shows that we were doing this week and how none of that is possible. Stepping outside your comfort zone, saying the I don't know prayer, um, you know, obeying God. None of that is possible without true belief. So what is true belief? So that's, that's what took me to John 6, 28 and 29. And then after I saw John 6, 8, uh, 28 and 29, this video came across my purview when I was looking up Christian videos this morning. That video, which was John 1, which I had already read, was that video. So I knew that my message today had to, above all else, had to include, did Jesus walk in the Garden of Eden? Do you believe that? And I believe that because of the way it was revealed to me. Not because a video said it to me. And not just because the verse I read. The verse I read actually made me believe it. The video cemented it that God wanted me to have that message today. Jesus walked in the Garden of Eden. And Jesus was sent to do what Adam was supposed to do and couldn't do. Jesus was the reset. Jesus was the Ability to bring us back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden where there was no sin. Jesus washes away what Adam and Eve threw on top of all of us. That dirt, that muck, that mire, that sin. For what they did, Jesus washes all that away and brings us back to the Garden of Eden where there was no sin. Heaven on earth. Boom. What an amazing Amazing revelation this is today. And now, ladies and gentlemen, just to top it all off, this has nothing to do 
really. I mean, I guess everything has to do with belief, but this isn't really message uh, driven today. But this is a video from Frank Turek that I'd like to play about an LGBTQ person confronting Frank Turek and calling him a bigot. I think it's a great video, but I really want you to see how Frank handles it. Frank handles it the way we should handle it. If you believe that, stay tuned. Just, I'll just say my name is Mav. Um, say what? I, Mav. And Mav. Maybe, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so my question for you is, if God said that there is going to be male and female, and then there's some variety in, within that called intersex people, why do you guys insist on this binary definition of sex when clearly biology is not so binary? There are, are intersex people, and you'll say, oh, it's just 1% of people, et cetera, et cetera. And then also, let's extend that to same-sex relationships. So you have someone who's born heterosexual, bisexual, or homosexual. So why is there this thing where God would say, that's fine, that's fine, but that's not fine. And he creates them knowingly like that. And then you, in the past, the church has said these people are mentally ill. They deserve to be, you know, put in institutions, penalized, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I could go on and on about that. But my question is, why do you say that if I'm going to be a Christian again, that I need to repent from being LGBTQI plus and then accept this narrow version of the gospel? That to me is like conversion therapy and the UN and all these other medical um, major medical organizations in the US and around the world have called that torture. So for you to stand here and to defend that, that's pretty messed up. What is your response okay. to that? Well, Mav, let me ask you a question. What is your standard of morality? I, I'm myself, I'm a secular uh, humanist. I think that everybody is innately good. Um, what do you mean by good? Well, obviously murder is wrong. Why? Because if I went and murdered someone's kid, then that mother or father would not have a child and they would be in mourning and that caused them some great psychological turmoil for the rest of their lives and trauma they're going to have to work through in therapy. So objectively, we can see psychologically they're not going to be doing too hot. So, of course, okay, but that's objectively wrong. Why is it objectively wrong to harm people? Because if we are going to come together as a society and cooperate as a human race, we need to have some sort of mor like moral standard to bind us together, regardless if there's a God or not. But whose moral standard? I mean, Hitler had a pretty tight moral standard within Germany. Why was he wrong? Well, obviously, he was wrong on many levels. I mean, the fact that he murdered by, millions of people. But by what standard? Why is it wrong to murder people? Well, I'm just going to say, within my own experience, if I witness the murder of someone, which I gratefully have not, I would be, you know, obviously, like there would be a sinking feeling inside of me, like, wow, I just lost, witnessed the loss of someone's life. That's a terrible thing to see. Like if someone got ran over by a car and it was so quick and you just didn't see it coming, like, of course that would screw someone up for life. So to me, it's like, you don't have to attribute it to whether there's a God or not. Like psychologically, the way that my brain is going to see that is like, wow, I just saw harm or conflicted onto another or inflicted onto another. Yeah, human. Yes. You're, 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 you're describing how you know something's wrong. The yeah, question so is a psychological feeling yeah, and the, it's the a question is, reaction. The question is, why is it wrong if there's no God? So wait, can you repeat that last thing? Yeah, you're explaining one of the ways you might know that something's wrong. 
The question is, why is it wrong if there's no God? Well, I just think that as a society, we wouldn't be able to just say like, oh, we should allow murder. We should allow this and stuff to happen because obviously slavery was wrong. We abolished that, obviously. Okay, okay, you're, you're, you're bringing up all sorts of moral wrongs. But what I'm you, saying is that you, that was what we need to cooperate as a human race, yeah, regardless you, of whether there's a God or not, because evolution has in, um, incentivized cooperation. If I share my fruit with my person, they're going to survive. Let me just stop right there. Evolution is a theory. That's why they call it the theory of evolution, ladies and gentlemen. Evolution is not fact. The fact that they teach it in all these schools as a fact is an absolute lie. That's why they call it the theory of evolution. And you notice that this person just like they can't uh, prove to you that Joe Biden won the election. This person cannot get away from the moral argument. They'll tell you about why things are, that things are wrong, but they won't tell you why they're wrong. And if they lived in a society where they weren't wrong, this kid would not think they weren't wrong. He does not, he, she does not understand the moral argument. I'll play a couple more minutes and then we'll, uh, then we'll call it quits. The children in my village, they're going to survive. Evolution. the human race will survive and reproduce, and therefore Mav, everyone Mav. else is benefited from it. Mav, evolution is survival of the fittest. That's right. That's is, not true. There's a lot is. more to it than your okay, strongmanning well, evolution. You're just so wrong about this stuff. I'm sorry. Where am I wrong about evolution being the survival of the fittest? You probably read uh, that guy who Darwin funded made? the Ark yeah. Encounter. Maybe you, you or whatever, Ken, Ken Kentucky, you probably read his straw man version of evolution. And yeah. I really don't think that you really talk to biologists and you really know what's going on. Okay. Because there's a whole lot of the Mav, stuff that Mav, a lot of you right. guys hold, hold will on, straw on, man Mav, and Mav. not even take as like what it actually says. Mav. Hold on, hold on. Okay. We've got a lot of people behind here. I'm asking you simple questions. You come up asking a moral question. I'm asking for a moral standard. You haven't given me a moral I standard. I have. I've said objective no. morality. That is a moral standard. Where does the objective morality come if there is no God? I'm from not the source us, of objective. From within our wiring, from collaborating with other people. Who, who did there our are wiring? Negative consequences who to wired her, us? Obviously. Negative is a moral term. You're, you're importing a moral standard into your atheistic system, and you're stealing it from a theistic worldview. That's, That's right. That's not true. That's right. Well, I'm sorry. You don't so get many morality. moral standards besides Christianity. Math. There's Buddhism. There's all right, stop. Shintoism. Mav, Mav, Mav. There's stop. all these different all believe in a God. world that I've read about that I've imported. So Mav, that's not true. I'm, I'm, Mav, I'm going to have to ask you to move away from the microphone unless you give me a chance to respond. Okay? Fair enough. Okay. So there is no objective moral standard unless some kind of God exists. Everything is just a matter of human opinion. And so when you hold up a sign that says that certain people have treated LGBTQ people wrongly, you're well, they assu- have, and there's hold, so much hold, evidence for it. Mav, so. Mav, you might be exactly right about that. But I you know need- I am. I have experiences and data to oh, back okay, it up. Okay, well, I'm sorry that people have treated you poorly. but You don't have to go on and spread these bigoted viewpoints on YouTube and Facebook like you do. Just- All right, we're going to stop right there. How many of you would have let that kid go that far? How many of you would have let that kid go that far before you said, you're done? See, the godliness, the belief that Frank Turek has in Christ Jesus allows him to have the patience that is needed for this boy-girl to listen. 
or to get his point across. Very difficult. But that is what Jesus would have done. Jesus wouldn't have said, shut your mouth, you're done. He would have tried until he couldn't try anymore. That's what belief is. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for being here on Rise Up today. Mike Crispy on Afraid is coming up next, and you're not going to want to miss it because Mike Crispy is, was on CNN last night, Pierce Morgan last night, Jimmy Kimmel last night, all because of his LFA TV conservative opinions. Don't want to miss it. Mike Crispy coming up next, followed by two hours of Live from America. Thank you guys for being here today. God bless you. Keep pressing on. Have a great day, guys. You.